three for Friday morning, you and me song. It's eight minutes past 11 right now. As usual at this time, I like to invite you to join us on Facebook Live because it's time for Sports and All with uh, Danny Hicks. And in just a moment, Danny's going to introduce you a very special guest all the way from mainland China. So Morning Brew is our page. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning, Phil. Yeah, uh, special guest this morning, Ramona Pasquale, uh, Hong Kong MMA fighter who is based now at the High Performance Institute in in Shanghai. Good morning, Ramona. And, uh, you know, you're up there in Shanghai these days. Um, Quite a story you've got. I mean, some people will know of you in Hong Kong. People who follow MMA will certainly know you. But, uh, you you know, you took an unusual route into this uh, most brutal of sports. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got there and 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 why you decided to go for it so i grew up in hong kong uh you know the whole went to secondary school so i will grew up there so went to primary secondary school there and then went off to college in the u.s and um i think just the whole thinking around you know the environment was always to you know get your degree and then go get a corporate job um but i was always into sports and I would admit not very academic purely because it just I found that what didn't interest me just couldn't capture my attention enough for me to want to, you know, endure the struggle to sort of achieve my goals. And I found that sport was the one avenue in which I would do that. Um, And so that kind of got me out of my shell. I was very introverted and then got to college. Well, I started playing rugby in high school and then basketball. So I was always into that. And then started martial arts later on at about 15, 16. Never took it seriously. It was just for fun because I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed how it pushed me. I never wanted, you know, I had someone ask if I wanted to fight. And I was like, God, no, I would never do that. And I think just the idea of fighting in our society was so ingrained in my mind of like, you know, criminals fight. Like, that's violent. Like, you don't want to do that. Like, you know, normal people are proper we don't um, we don't succumb to that kind of behavior. And so I just, you know, was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it for cardio. And then all throughout college, I trained a little bit more. And then meeting people in my gym who were also working corporate jobs, who were also mothers or fathers, um, who also trained martial arts, but also competed in martial arts and were just really inspiring people because they were people who were good at what they did, who had really strong character, um, were really nice, friendly, you know, no criminal record. And um, I felt just very at peace with themselves. And so I thought, well, there's a, there's a discrepancy here between what I believe or what I was taught to believe that fighters are and what they actually were. And so I decided after college that I would try my hand at fighting. But of course, you know, I did that for a year. So it was like a gap year. And then afterwards, it was like, well, okay, now it's time to find a job because I can't now have my college degree and then go and become a fighter because there's no money in it at all. And of course, growing up in Hong Kong, you come from a society where a lot of people value your status, how much money you make, what you're wearing and all these things. And I was also, you know, consumed by that idea. And so I thought, you know, this is something nice to dabble in, but I can't actually ever take it seriously. And so after that year... I went and worked different jobs in different sectors. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot 
working those desk jobs and it was really of value to me, but I always had this thing because after work, I would go straight to the gym because the gym was that one place where I just got to do what I loved. I still competed maybe once a year. Meanwhile, I was playing a little bit of rugby as well. Like I just, the sports person inside of me was always there and always took precedent over everything else in my passions. And then eventually the UFC started allowing women, signing women to fight, you know, for a period of time, there were like, women will never fight. And so I thought, you know, there's definitely no future there. And then women started getting signed and then Ronda Rousey started blowing up and then more attention into women's MMA and opportunities. And at around the same time, I was 27 years old. Um, I was working in this financial services company, doing a little bit of sales and a little bit of analyst work, realizing that I did not love it. In fact, it just didn't excite me. And I was going in, putting the subpar effort into my work, not really getting much out of it. And I thought, well, if there's a time to do it and just to know, because I just thought in the future, I'm going to get to an age 35, 40, 45, where I'm going to look back and be like, well, I didn't do it. There's always something I wanted to do, but I didn't do it because I was too afraid of what my parents thought. I was too afraid of what my peers thought. I was too afraid of what everyone else thought. And I was like, well, you know, I could try it for a year. And it just, that fear of regret just consumed me so much that I was like, okay, quit my job now, go be a personal trainer, fight for a little bit. And if it doesn't work out, if it's not what I want to do, if it's nothing that I'm very good at, then I can always fall back. You know, I always have a fallback. I have this degree and I can always go back into the workforce. Um, And that was four years ago, almost five years ago. And and here we are. (laughs) And no regrets. Absolutely no regrets. It's interesting. I mean, some people will be familiar because you gave a great talk at TED uh, TEDx One Chai uh, uh, a few years ago, um, just after you got a bad injury, actually. But you talk about that fear of um, not wanting to leave the, the workplace and what happens. And and but you also talk about everybody has fear about embracing fear, confronting fear, almost, and and using it to your advantage. Um, how have you managed to do that? Because, you know, there must be the fear as well. The parental pressure in Hong Kong, you know, every, parents wanting you to go into the corporate world and do this and get a good job and get married and do... They don't, they don't want their little girl to, to go in and get her face bashed in, do they? In, yeah, in the exactly, exactly. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> and I completely understand that too, you know, which is why I also, like, don't encourage anyone to go into cage fighting. You have to really really love it because the risks involved are just astronomical but yes i would say fear drives every single every single decision you know that we make whether we we conscious we're conscious of it or unconscious of it it's always there like how do we make a decision like what factors do we have to take into consideration when we're, when we're deciding right we want what's best for us but also we don't we we stay away from what we think is worse for us Um, But I think there's also a thinking in which we're conditioned to believe that anything difficult should be avoided because that's also what our parents have sort of ingrained in us because they also want to protect us. So being overprotected, they sort of go into, you know, path of least resistance. What's the least amount of risk? You know, where can I secure you in a place where I can predict your future? But in doing so, you also close yourself off to a lot of other opportunities that might come up from you know, some more unusual challenges. And so, you know, that's a really difficult thing to sort of deal with because there are also these cultural expectations in addition to, you know, society and what, 
you know, the media is telling you and what, um, you know, you see online. And so I think, I think it's, it's something that, you know, people just need to go out and do difficult things. You know, anything that is new that you think you might be interested in, or just something that makes you uncomfortable. I think little things like going in for like a cold shower or doing, you know, like an ice bath or going on like a difficult hike or, you know, something that, that makes you uncomfortable. I think the more you condition yourself to be in, in, in these states of discomfort, the more you can make decisions um, in a calmer manner. So like difficult decisions, you know, the less it'll affect you. Because I think in today's day and age, so many people are too comfortable and when they're hit with like a difficult decision or, you know, something different from what they're used to, they sort of just, you know, they get really afraid oh. really quickly. Um, it- and then they kind of miss out on something that could be great. Yeah, is that, that's kind of, it's a great philosophy to have. Is it um, something that's helped you this year? Because a lot of people are going through very difficult times, obviously, with the, with the mm-hmm. pandemic and things are very unpredictable. People have a lot of fears about, about their future and, and what's happening. And, and obviously, it's, you, were, you were telling me earlier off air that, you know, you went to Shanghai for three weeks in January and uh, you were there for nine months. So, um, yeah. you know, how, has it helped you cope with the, with the, with the unexpected happenings this year yeah yeah well actually i was in shanghai since june of last year and i i left shanghai to go home in in january for three weeks right. and then end up being nine months yeah but yeah it's the unexpected you know that's pretty much been um what this year has been i think the sport has really shown me how to deal with periods um of dis-ease and periods where I just there's so much not within my control because in a fight there are so many variables that are not within your control and all you control is how you prepare and what your mindset is going to the fight you know there are so many things that could you might be your opponent might change or they might come in a little bit heavier or you might get an injury or you know the time of the of of your fight might change or so many different things and so and anything can happen in a fight, in the middle of a fight, right? And you're fighting for your life in there. How can you adapt? And how can you have your expectations not be so rigid and really just surrender to the process and surrender to what is, you know? Because the more you hold on to what you want an outcome to become, the less focused you are on actually achieving whatever task it is that you're doing. So your eyes are not on what's in front of you. You're thinking two steps ahead or you're thinking five steps behind of like, oh, you know, I tried to hit him and I didn't hit him. So you're thinking about that point and you didn't hit him. And then and meanwhile, you're getting hit in the face because you're not focused on what's in front of you. Um, so it's, it's just being comfortable with what you cannot control. And that's easier said than done. Of course, like you can't really be, have, be someone who's just, oh yeah, you know, the house is burning down. I'm totally cool with that. Or like, oh, I lost my job. I'm totally cool with that. Like, of course it's tragic. There's so many things that are difficult. Like I, had to work through a lot just being back home and being like, well, I had to sit in the shelf for a year and I'm, you know, at at a later age where I feel like every year counts at this point. And then needing to really surrender to what is this year and know and focus on the positives, you know, focus on the fact that I get to spend so much time with my family this year that I haven't been able to do ever since I started this career three, four years ago, because I've always been traveling. I've always been out of the country. And so you know, looking at what is going right and keeping that 
in your mind is really important because if we focus too much on the bad thing or what is not happening, then that's all we're focused on. And then all of our anxiety goes, you know, and then we build anxiety. And if we're filled with anxiety, it physically manifests in like sickness and like, you know, whatever it is, not being able to sleep and then not be able to perform in your work. And then your relationships get affected and everything is interconnected. So the more you can be at ease with yourself and, you know, be more accepting of the circumstances that you're in, um, the easier it is to just carry on and actually move forward with that momentum. Sure. So um, you're there at the Performance Institute, UFC Performance Institute in Shanghai, which looks an amazing facility. I mean, uh, you're you're a a, a prolific poster on Instagram, I've seen of uh, some of your training routines and things like that. Where can people follow you if they want to see what you're up to? And is is Instagram the best place? Yes, actually, Instagram is the best place. Um, pretty much the only platform that I'm updating these days. And so what's that your would handle be on at, Instagram? It's at Ramona Carla. At Ramona Carla on Instagram. It's great. And um, what what's uh, coming up next for you in, in terms of when are you next back in the cage? I'm hoping um, towards the end of January. So it hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, but I am staying ready. I am training for it. So if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, there'll be another opportunity. But uh, yes, 2021 yes. is going to be a busy one. So uh, there's no there's no like uh, mince pies or Christmas pudding this year. It's training oh, no. throughout the holidays. No, not at all. No sneaky not trips to McDonald's. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, typically I would say, unfortunately not. And typically fighters actually try to avoid fighting over the holidays. But because of yeah. how the year's been and just being so inactive, I just cannot like I it's it's a privilege to me that I get to do what I do and I have to diet and I have to train hard and everyone else is, you know, doing the whole Christmas oh. thing and the holiday thing. But I feel mentally stronger knowing that I'm in a unique position where I can actually follow my dreams and, you know, work hard and, and feel really accomplished every single day. Well, that's great. Um Thanks for talking to us this morning on Morning Brew. Um, we wish you well for the future. I'm going to follow you avidly now. And uh, maybe uh, around the time of your next fight or after your next fight, you come back on and uh, update us on how you're doing. Have sure, absolutely. Would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, really appreciate Ramona. it. Take care. Thanks a lot. Brilliant stuff. Thanks bye for bye joining for us. Right, Danny. So where are we going now? Well, we're going to talk Formula One, Phil. Um, Ramona week, likes Formula One. Ramona, if you like to, if you want to join Formula in on the Formula One, <laughs> one go for it. Yeah, man. It's all good. Okay, just Grand Prix of the weekend. <laughs> all right. Uh, final Grand Prix oh. of the season. Uh, yeah, so we'll say goodbye. Um, hey, we get to see the gym. Well, hold on, Danny. We get to see the gym here if you're on Facebook Live. Yeah. Do you want to see that? Just have a quick flick around. That'll be awesome. Yeah. This is a visual moment. This looks amazing. This is the main area. So this is the main area where we train. Massive. This is massive. Where is it again then, exactly? Where are you? It's Shanghai, North Jing'an. That is so a... It's like half an hour north of the city. Kicking facility. Oh, We've got no question. a cage here. Yeah. So this is where we had our sparring this morning. And then we've nice. got a full-size boxing ring here. That's all the gloves and pads and stuff, is yep, it? Yeah, we're looking at rings. Yep. This massive modern wow. joint. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay, Ramona, we're going to leave it there. Just hit the red button for us, would you? Okay. And we'll definitely get back all with right. you soon. Happy Christmas. Take care. Thank you so much. You See you. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. See you.
Right, so, Danny. Yeah, quick yeah, yeah. Uh, Formula One this weekend. Obviously, George Russell, mad weekend for George uh, last week with uh, being drafted in at Mercedes for Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is going to be back for Abu Dhabi uh, this weekend, the final race of the season. Uh, and George is back in the Williams, but uh, he really did shine in the Mercedes and then had some abject luck. Um, uh, you know, wrong tyres put on and then fought his way back through the field, looked like he was going to win the race again, would, had been leading and then had to get, got back up to second, then had a puncture and then ended up back down the field and had a terrible time. And, and George was asked, uh, you know, has been asked this week, has he got over it and was he really heartbroken at what happened last weekend? My mum was in tears, bless her, um, afterwards, and my sister as well. We live this together, this sport, and it's so passionate, emotions are so high, and obviously this was my first opportunity to, not just to win, but to actually, you know, score points, and that was such a big difference, and having that taken away from us, not once, but, but twice, was... Um, was difficult, but having time to reflect on the weekend, I've left with my head held high um, and proud of the, the job we managed to achieve last weekend. Yeah, um, and we'll see George back in a top car. So, I mean, he, he was so impressive. I'm sure we'll be seeing him in one of the top teams soon and he'll get his chance. And I hope Sergio Perez gets his chance in a, in a team next season because he won the race, of course, last week in in Barra uh, to in his first Grand Prix win and he hasn't got a seat for next season but you know Sergio Perez uh, even though he's saying you know he knows uh, it's not a given that he's going to race in 2021 he's still looking forward to the future all I can say is that I'm in big peace with myself I don't I'm not fully in control of my future at the moment and it's something that bothers you obviously I think I, any human being in this position will will struggle a bit. But given that uh, it's not in my hands, given that I the victory came, it took a long time though, but it came, and I, I felt that I made the most of all of all my opportunities. So if I have a seat for next year, it's great. But if not, I'm I'm willing to come back in 22. <laughs> what? Get down, ship. Get down, um, ship. Yeah, that was Sergio Perez um, on Radio Three. Who's a shy guy? That was Sergio Perez saying that uh, he will. You completely throw me there. <laughs> he will, even if he doesn't get a drive in twenty twenty one. He's going to come back in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and of course it'll be all change on the grid after this weekend as the driver lineups change for next season. And uh, six years at Ferrari for, for Sebastian Vettel will come to an end. Six unsuccessful years, it has to be said. And he finishes it languishing 13th in the championship. Um, his we, worst we, can, we can have a listen to Sebastian Vettel, actually, and if you'd like to put him We can have a listen him. to him, uh, yeah, reflecting on his six years uh, at the press conference overnight. I had the clear mission and target to win. Uh, I think I have, obviously, an emotional attachment to the team you know growing up seeing Michael win etc so uh, it was a very special um, moment when I when I when I joined the team um, but the pressure thing I think also the fact that you know the the pressure in Italy the fans and so on yes it is there but um, ultimately you know I always set the highest sort of expectations on myself yeah in the end I think he couldn't live with the pressure could he and, and an underperforming car at Ferrari so 
We'll see how Vettel gets on next year in his new team. So going to be interesting, you know, nothing to play for really this weekend with, with Hamilton already wrapped up the title, but mm. uh, lots and lots of politics to, to come in the off-season and people changing seats. Quick mention of football before we before go. we Manchester. do that, Danny. Can we go for a couple of messages that I think you'd like to hear? Actually, yeah, sorry, sure. sorry about that. Um, so no, Ruth no. Ruth wrote to us a few minutes ago, halfway through you talking to Ramona. Ruth's in the states, and she says, "I don't care for sports at all, but I'm falling in love with Danny Hicks." A few years ago, <laughs> I interviewed an MMA fighter for, called Fallon Fox. Yeah, called Fallon Fox. The MMA this MMA fighter is a true athlete. Great interview, Danny. Fabulous. So that's nice. Uh, Nick says, "Danny, will Perez get the RBC?" Will Russell replace Bottas next year? Big decisions. Any comment on uh, Mazepin issue, Danny? I think Russell will have to wait because Bottas is contracted to the end of next season. But after that, who knows? And, um, yeah, there's a good chance that Perez, with another good run, run this weekend, Red Bull could be looking at him to, uh, and, and unfortunately the mate weight will be Alex Albon if that happens, which would be a shame for him. But, you know, Perez has done enough, really, to deserve a big drive somewhere yeah. like Red Bull. One minute on footy, mate. Right. right, very quickly, Manchester United out of the Champions League this week. All sorts of problems for them. Paul Popper wanting to leave a corner of his agent, Mino Raiola. And if that wasn't enough, they've got a Manchester derby tomorrow to Man City. A home to Man City is probably the standout game of the weekend. You know, if they lose at home to Man City, they're great rivals. Is it going to... How many times have we said this weekend... It could be the last game for Ole this year. That <laughs> it could be the last game in charge for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, he just seems to invite crisis after crisis there and doesn't seem to get on top of it. I'll be looking out for that one. And, of course, the leaders, Tottenham and Liverpool, both playing Sunday. That's your football this weekend. And uh, we'll be back with more next week. Thanks very much, Danny Hicks. And, of course, Ramona Pasquale. What a wonderful, inspirational person she is. Anyway, thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. And he'll get more into your comments, I'm sure, uh, next week. But it's not often we get a special guest.